0: Even though you would sometimes disagree with him, he would listen.
1: There are things that we can be doing right now to have open dialogue, to get public input, and to be able to make solid decisions for the state of Alaska. You know, politics, Mr. President, in my estimation, is a character test.
2: You're listening to the Empty Office Podcast, which is a production of the office of Senator Lukey Gail Tobin. My name's Mike Mason, and today I'm joined by two esteemed members of the Capitol Press Corps,
1: uh, Tim Bradner and also Larry Pursley. Tim, how are you doing? Fine. Mike, esteemed members of the Press Corps means we've been around too long. Exactly. (laughs) Larry,
2: how are you doing today?
0: Well, no one's ever called me esteemed before. I'm not sure how to take that.
2: So uh, we are all three reporters, or I'm a former reporter, so I kind of feel, like feel like I'm on your guys' side most of the time, at least in my worldview kind of thing. I wanted to ask about, before I kind of get into some of the specific things that we were going to talk about, uh, about being a, a reporter in this building. So Tim, you've done it for a long time. You're not here every day now, but you have been in the past. What, what do you think about being a reporter in the Alaska State Legislature in this great building that
1: we're in? You know, Mike, I've always thought of it as a, uh, I mean, I, I'm just by nature a curious person, wanting to know kind of how, how things work and what's going on. And I think this this building during the legislative session is, for somebody who really is an information junkie, this is like drinking from a fire hose. I mean, there is so much information being put out there that it's, um, I mean, it's really remarkable how much you can learn which, you know, these legislators do. That's why people do presentations and things like that. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great experience.
2: Larry, I see you every day. You're here watching what's going on. What are your thoughts about being a, a reporter in this in this great building?
0: Like Tim, I'm curious. I like watching. I like listening. But I guess my thoughts also are don't try to be a reporter here unless you're going to do homework. I've seen too many reporters who come in, Come to legislators and say, what's your new bill? Read the damn bill. Read the fiscal note. Read the background. So it's a great place to be if you want to learn. If you just want people to give you comments, you're wasting your time. You're not serving the public.
2: I've been here since 2015, and it seems like it's a different press corps than it was. Smaller. It's smaller. It's also a little, there's not as much experience. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts, Tim, about the the kind of the the press corps and the way it used to be?
1: Well, I think it's. I mean, it, 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 that's always relative. I think some of the the current people here now are pretty good. <clears throat> You've got James Brooks has been around a number of years, and um, uh, the new reporter for the uh, ADN and for the uh, Empire seem pretty pretty good. They're they're still learning, still getting the background, but but it's fortunate that the um, you know, James has been, was with the Empire for many years, and then he went with ADN, and now he's with the, the Alaska Beacon. And I think we're all benefiting from the, the residue, residual experience that uh, he's built up. So I think one thing, we do have reporters that have been here for a while, but we do have some newcomers also. And But they're, you know, they're on a, on a fast learning curve.
2: Larry, what's your, what's your take on how things used to be and how they've changed?
0: Well, the, the press club is... Uh vestige of what, press club. The press core is a vestige of what it used to be. I don't know if that means it's a tailbone or an appendix, but at one point, Gino Empire, two full-time reporters. Anchorage Daily News, two full-time. Associated Press, two full-time. Fairbanks Daily News minor, reporter here, full-time. KTUU, before they changed their name to Alaska News Source, as someone full-time. More, you had more people covering what's going on, so we could be more complete. We could do a better job of it. Now you know, there's one for the beacon, one for the daily news. KTU isn't here anymore. Empire from Juno has one. Associated Press, meh, halftime. So there's a lot happening, but with such a small press corps, they devote most of their time to the events, floor sessions, press availability, majority press conference, minority press conference. No one has enough time to do the homework, and do the reporting they'd like to do. And I understand the economics. Newspapers um, are certainly at, well, Alaska Public Radio Network, no reporter here for the first time in years. So I understand the economics is just unfortunate because the people who lose are the public.
2: I think often the press gets a bad rap because you guys are doing, often doing work that uh, the, the elected officials and the staff in this building don't appreciate. The other thing that I think often happens is people don't want to answer questions, and therefore you guys make a living asking questions. So they look at you askance. They don't want to. They don't want to answer those questions. So, real quick, how do you deal with with people that that look at the press as the enemy as opposed to a tool to uh, to to communicate?
0: I've been doing this far too many decades out of the patience. If you don't want to talk to me, I'm just not going to ask you. I can find out the information. I can read the bill history. I can read fiscal notes. I can do my own research. If you don't want to answer my questions or if you're going to give me useless answers, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. And it's nothing personal. You don't have to talk to me. I don't have to talk to you, but I can still do my job as well as I can.
1: What do you think, Tim? Well, I think, I think being comfortable with dealing with the media is something that comes with a bit of, you know, political maturity and the part of legislators, and I uh, frankly I'm impressed this year that the uh, yeah, probably it's a reflection of the leadership of the House and the Senate are more open. You know, they're having uh, weekly press conferences and press availability for the first time in probably two or three years. Um, that's that's very healthy. Uh, they the, each each press conference, different members of the leadership show up. They they have things that they want to talk about, information they want to get out there, and that's that's healthy. They usually hang around for a while afterward, too, and reporters can go up and talk to them. So I think that's that sort of gets over some of the unease that you, uh, you spoke of.
2: How do you deal with someone you know is not being forthright?
0: I don't quote them. If I know what they're telling me is not the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me my per diem check, yeah, I'm just not going to quote them. I think it's incumbent on, on the news media if we know we're not getting the whole story if someone's not being truthful, don't quote them. Just go get your information somewhere else or just say they didn't answer it. I think
1: another um, another thing that happens is that goes with the experience of reporters, and, and this is a lesson young reporters should learn, is don't let them off the hook. You know, Don't let them give you a non-answer. Keep after it. Even if the point of even being rude. Um, I remember... Um, a reporter who was around here for years named Bob Takach, who was famous for being a very kind of a curmudgeon kind of guy. Rude was the right very word. Very rude, but but he he got results. He would not let people off the hook, and he kept after him. And um, I've seen other reporters with more experience uh, do that. And um, it seems like the new people that come down here are too shy, and they let the politicians get away with too much.
2: One of the things that I've done many times in my now job working on kind of the other side of things is when I talk to some lawmakers that denigrate the work of the press mm-hmm. corps and, and particular, law, particular members of the press corps, I will often kind of bring up the fact that, uh, that one, you both have different jobs. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, the vast majority of the elected officials and staff in this building are not qualified to do your guys' job. They just don't have. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the, the oomph to be able to ask questions and and do that kind of thing. So how do you how do you deal with people that uh, that don't appreciate the the work that you actually do?
0: I don't know. They don't have to appreciate it. You know. I guess my feeling is you don't have to be rude to me, and I'm not going to be rude to you. There's many legislators who I don't interview for some of those reasons and others. I enjoy bumping into them in the hallway and chatting and talking with them. I don't expect all 60 to know or love me, but we can just at least be polite to each other.
2: I want to talk about journalism today. I talked to some people in this building and they denigrate journalism. And I point out that we have some fabulous journalists. Uh, ProPublica, that teamed up with the Anchorage Daily News, is doing amazing reporting. And uh, some of the other, the Alaska beacon is doing some really good reporting. You guys are doing some really good reporting. It is not uh, the waning t- time for, for political reporting. It's actually a pretty good time for political reporting, isn't it?
0: It is. Not as much as we would like, but that's the economics of the business. I think Alaska and the Alaska legislature is no different than the rest of the country. It's so polarized. My guess is the people that don't like it of a different political persuasion than they perceive. The press is, you know, they're the ones who think must read Alaska or the Alaska landmine are impartial. So it's it's just unfortunate the division is so deep. And I think a lot of this just reflects
1: a changing landscape of the media. I mean, it's been a trend. It's been underway for a number of years now. But people, um, legislators reflect the public and they mm-hmm. tend to get their information um, out of uh, kind of echo chambers. Uh, must read Alaska. I, I know people who only read must read Alaska. They don't read anything else. Uh, so they get only that Republican conservative point of view. And I know people on the other side who only read uh, other, you know, more uh, liberal and more democratic media. And they don't, you, you know, we, we miss the in between uh, the people who can straddle and
0: present a more neutral perspective. Yeah, I think the social media people who I would say masquerade as impartial journalists, bring everyone down and make it tough on everybody.
2: When I was uh, the press secretary for the, uh, uh, bipartisan coalition and all of that. I was pretty adamant that I didn't think that the, the quote unquote bloggers should be uh, getting press passes and be taking opportunities away from, from you all in the building. And that is a fight that I totally lost because we now live in kind of this blog era. Is that is that good or bad, Larry, personally?
0: You know, I was ta- um, talking with some students from Duke Law School who are in Juneau today uh, to just meeting with different people, trying to learn about some issues for their law review articles. Because Alaska doesn't have a law school, so Duke does the Alaska Law Journal. And I'll give you the same answer I gave them. I acknowledge the world has changed. Social media, bloggers, stupid Facebook, stupid iPhones on your wrist. I just refuse to participate in it. So, whereas I'm okay not giving press passes to opinionated bloggers who are really just commentators. They're not journalists. But like you, I probably would have to acknowledge I would lose that argument.
2: Tim, what do you think? Our new kind of blog uh, uh, culture that we're living in.
1: Well, you know, just the whole nature of the media landscape is changing. Uh, You know, what we consider as bloggers really are, a lot of people consider to be legitimate media. And uh, really these days, Things are so different in, in media that uh, what's, what's any different about a web page put together by one person against a web page put together by another media organization? You could always argue that the people who, do, who are doing them have different opinions.
2: I want to move on to this particular legislature that we're in, the 33rd Alaska Legislature. You guys have been following stuff for, uh, pretty closely. Uh, Larry, what are, your, what are your thoughts about uh, the, uh, the 33rd Alaska Legislature and the prospects for kind of the the big things that uh, that people are hoping to happen?
0: Well, there'll be a budget. There'll be a dividend. There'll be an increase in the base student allocation. Of course, the question is how much. Uh, there's not going to be a formula for the permanent fund dividend or constitutional amendments or any other, the social issues. So I guess it's sort of, I don't want to say boring, but it's calm. The name-calling and the bickering is a, a low ebb, which is nice. Certainly the House and Senate of different political persuasions kind of cancel each other out. But generally, I'd say, yeah, they're pretty well-behaved. A lot of freshmen trying to learn everything, trying to cram it in. About 60 days, we're halfway through the session. So I think between so many freshmen, the House and Senate canceling each other out. Um, yeah, I don't expect any big things other than we'll have a dividend, a budget, some increase in school funding. I want to ask
2: about uh, who you talk to to get your information, and I'll just preface this by saying it used to be uh, I was a smoker, and you could find out almost everything that was going on in this building if you went out to the smoking shed and you uh, uh, smoked a cigarette. There's not as many smokers anymore; it's kind of a different thing. Uh, Tim Bradner, who do you who do you talk to to find out what's really going on in well, the Alaska State Legislature?
1: Quite frankly, I cultivate relationships with lobbyists. And I find them an amazing source of information. You have to realize they have clients, and what they tell you is going to, uh, is going to reflect the client's interests. But they also, you know, they're like anybody else. They, a lot of them have sincere interests in public policy, and they love to talk about it. They, they will rarely talk to reporters. So that's a, an issue of long-term relationships and trust that you build up with individuals. So they're just like any other source. If they trust you, they'll talk to you, and you can get amazing tips and information from uh, from lobbyists, even that don't reflect have anything to do
0: who their clients are.
2: Larry, who do you who do you turn and, uh, to?
0: Sure, lobbyists, also staff. Again, now if you're talking about just getting information, not quotes, staff won't talk to you on the record, lobbyists won't talk to the record, but if you're just trying to find out, hey um, I see this calendar, why is this one? Or what's this is this going to come up next? Or who's staff no, but you've got to develop Trust no one's going to talk to you if you think you're going. If they think you're going to burn them, so first it's getting them to trust me, um, and then lobbies, staff, even some legislators will open up more if they feel they can talk to you off the record, and you're not going to set their feet on fire.
2: How do you deal with someone that is leaking you information? And this comes from someone I've totally leaked stuff. I've done it on purpose.
1: Sure. So have I. Yeah. Just just how just, do you, how do you deal with it? Just consider yeah, just you know take it out and consider the source and um, uh, you know try to verify it from other sources. Right. What's
0: their motivation? Who were they trying to screw over? Do you have a favorite reporter
2: other than Larry Persley, Tim Bradner? <laughs> Someone that that uh, past or present that that you really thought was just did a great job?
1: I've always I've, I admire James Brooks the Daily News just his longevity having been around uh, there's a lot of people who uh, you know who I respect and uh, many who are no longer here you know I kind of miss Bob Dakoch his crusty crusty demeanor and and uh, added some a certain amount of personality to the press room and into the press conferences particularly with watching him spar with former governor Murkowski it was an interesting experience
0: Tak sparred with everybody
2: I used to get calls from your brother all of the time and he would ask kind of what's going on and then he would tell me about what was going on and he usually knew way more than than i did
1: he was kind of a unique reporter. was he even really a reporter i i don't think mike and and to some extent you know i maybe paint myself in this category here mike was you know we do we have our legislative report that we do and we have offices in the press room and hang out down there. So we're sort of reporters. Well, you know, I always thought of Mike as more of an analyst. I I think people in the press room enjoyed having him around because he was a great storyteller, and they could always ask him questions based on, he's a former Speaker of the House. So they would ask, you know, what do you think this person's up to? What about that? What does that mean? And I think he was very good. He would tell stories, great stories that, um, you know, people like that. There's not enough kind of old-timers around to ask those kind of questions anymore.
2: Just a couple of observations. One, it seems like this building, kind of the culture in this building, is a little different than it used to be. There used to be a little more camaraderie, perhaps, between offices. Like there would be music in the hallways. There would be just between us. There was way more drinking
0: a few years ago well, than that's Not between us. The whole world. knew. You could see him bring the station wagon in the back and unload it by the case. So
2: it's just different now, isn't it?
0: Well, it's a little more civil in that sense. Sure, I mean I remember end of session parties with garbage cans filled with booze and people groping. So yeah, there's that's good that that has stopped. Yeah, maybe a l- little less bipartisan sort of camaraderie. But like I say, this year's sort of nice. It's sort of calm, and a lot of that I think is so many freshmen. You know, they just don't have the grudges, maybe. And rank choice voting you know, it got several legislators who had been primary in her back have seen Jesus and they they just see wisdom and moderation Tim, what are your thoughts Obs- well an observation I've heard others make
1: is that um, legislators don't seem to talk to each other as much as they used to in the old days, and part of that is um, one observation is part of it is that there's so many staff these days that there's so just the administrative minutia and dealing with administrative issues and dealing with staff and dealing sheer dealing with people. It takes up a lot of time. But, but in the old days, people would go down to the Baranoff, near the bar, and they'd sit and have drinks. A lot of business was done down there. And um, mainly it was people getting to know each other. And then there was a period where um, somebody made the observation that when the planes overflew and everybody wound up in Sitka, at the airport cafe, and it was the first time that a lot of legislators really had enforced our, our time waiting for the weather to clear to talk to each other. And uh, that was very interesting observation.
2: Do you have a favorite is not the right word, but do you have a significant story that you've covered over your years in the Alaska legislature that, uh, that you, you reflect upon?
1: I have I have one that I wish I didn't have to cover and that was oil taxes I mean for every year from 19 for 2020 or 2010 to uh, I well, 2013 and continuing there were these long sessions and even prior to that these long sessions extended sessions of uh, hours of testimony in Senate finance Senate resources House of Senate resources on the minutiae of oil taxes I would rather not have had to have done that. And it's a relief that we
0: haven't had an oil tax spill in recent years.
2: Larry, is there a particular story you reflect back on?
0: Well, so one serious, one not. Um, After the Exxon Valdez spill, I was working for the Associated Press. There were two of us here at the time. Um, Brian Aker, who is the year-round reporter, got sent to Valdez. And pretty much AP said, well, you cover the rest of the session by yourself. And there were, remember, spill bills everything was a spill bill, and I just, I never want to cover another session of spill bills. Um, In terms of a fun one, Tim Kelly was Senate President, and it was a procedural issue where it was late at night, but, and I forget the details, but they had to do something with this legislation that day to make it eligible for action the next day, but they couldn't finish it that night, so Senate President Kelly declared that they would recess and reconvene tomorrow, but tomorrow would still be today. So they could say, well, we still did it in that day. So I remember I got a big roll of masking tape and then laid out the international date line on the second floor between House and Senate, and this day's Tuesday, and that day's Wednesday. But I enjoyed it because you got to have fun. And sure, were they meeting the... Spirit or the letter of the law by declaring the next day is really today. But sometimes you just got to laugh at it.
1: One of, one of the uh, most enjoyable and interesting experiences I remember is that um, I, I mentioned Bob Dukat as being sort of a crusty guy. And, and Governor Murkowski, Gov, this Governor Frank Murkowski back in the uh, in the early 2000, 2005 period, he had a temper. And mm-hmm. there were people he did not like. He still he has, has the temper. Including <laughs> reporters. And yeah. Bob DeCotch he had a passionate dislike of, mm-hmm. and Bob had a passionate dislike of Governor Murkowski. But Bob would position himself in the, uh, in the press conferences in the governor's conference room upstairs, right at the, in front of the podium, so that when mm-hmm. Governor Murkowski came out to look at the reporters, the first thing he saw looking down was looking at Bob right in the face, glaring at him. and It put him in a bad mood, and it really got things off to a good start. And some of those press conferences were just memorable.
2: One of the things that I've been asking everybody that has participated in this uh, in this uh, podcast thus far is the following question. If you could choose one person, dead or alive, they get a vote, and we drop them into the Alaska State Legislature to help us out, who would that be?
1: Well, there's different – actually, diff, depends on what the circumstances are. I think, for example, Mike um, Chenault, as a Speaker of the House, had an amazing ability to herd cats and bring that unruly caucus together. But – it didn't really have a lot of forceful, colorful personality um, in terms of keeping things interesting. Uh, Clem Tillian, when he was president of the Senate, you know, had had a cheerful, great sense of humor, a way of um, saying things uh, that uh,
0: made people think. I think couple couple
1: ideas, different names. Larry, what are your
2: thoughts?
0: Well, I'm going with the premise that one person who maybe could make a difference. Gandhi, I mean, come on, we're just debating the same stuff, the same class warfare between taxes and dividends and social services. Maybe Gandhi could bring peace to the Alaska legislature. We can bring down the British Empire and found this nation of India. Maybe, he could, maybe Gandhi could get us to two-thirds constitutional amendments for some things we should do.
2: So with that, we're going to wrap up today's podcast. This is the Empty Office Podcast which is a production of the office of Senator Lukey Gail Tobin. I want to thank Tim Bradner and Larry Persley. You guys have been great.
0: Do I get a donut?
2: No donuts.